Welcome to the Best of the Left podcast, with clips today from On the Media, Rachel Maddow, Countdown, The Young Turks, and Tom Hartman. Oops, they did it again. The disclosure of this program is disgraceful. For a newspaper to publish it does great harm to the United States of America. President Bush, Vice President Cheney, and most Republicans in Congress are angry at the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, and the Wall Street Journal, but mostly the New York Times, for writing a front-page piece offering details of the program by which the government tracks terrorists by following their money. Critics say that the media have put lives at risk because, as Ohio Republican Mike Oxley put it, What's the average terrorist to think? He's going to find a different way to move his money around. That's what he's going to do. What the Times and the other news outlets reported was that the government was tracking the global banking industry about $6 trillion daily through a Belgian cooperative called SWIFT. This despite the urgings of White House officials who claimed that disclosure could jeopardize the program's effectiveness. On Thursday, the House of Representatives voted along party lines to pass a non-binding resolution expecting, quote, the cooperation of all news media organizations in protecting the lives of Americans and the capability of the government to identify, disrupt, and capture terrorists by not disclosing classified intelligence programs. Michigan Democrat John Dingell said the resolution was conceived in sin, brought forth without hearings, discussion, or the opportunity to amend. The end result... The opinion has to be that this is a clear, bald-faced attempt to strangle criticism of this administration. And especially, it seems, to strangle the New York Times, the L.A. Times, and the Wall Street Journal, with its staunchly conservative editorial page, have not come in for the same opprobrium. MSNBC's Chris Matthews has his own theory as to why. Why is the president going after Dustin New York Times? It's the old trick. Go after New York. Go after big ethnic New York that never votes Republican. Blame everything on them. Heather McDonald, a fellow with the conservative Manhattan Institute, says the Times was the first to publish and in so doing pushed the other papers to print. But Los Angeles Times editor Dean Baquet wrote in his editor's notes, much the same as the New York Times editor Bill Keller wrote in his, that the administration didn't make a convincing case for holding the story and that the legitimate public interest outweighed the potential risk. That doesn't persuade McDonald, who declared in the Weekly Standard that, quote, the New York Times is a national security threat. She joins us now. Heather, welcome to On the Media. Thanks for having me, Bob. You went nuts when you saw this story. You're very upset, and you uh, suggested that the Times has, in your words, blown the cover on this terror-tracking initiative. Now, the New York Times has also run the National Security Agency story, which seemed to be substantially more cover-blowing. Why were you so uh, aggravated about this episode? Because I see absolutely no credible argument that this was an illegal program. The National Security Agency program, I think there was a plausible argument that it was a violation of FISA. This, however, was following a duly enacted congressional statute that allows the tracking of international financial transactions. So for the Times to reveal this program, to me, suggests that there's not a single covert program that is safe from revelations. If the Times feels authorized to reveal a lawful, covert action, I see no reason why if it gets wind of a wiretap on Osama bin Laden's phone, it doesn't reveal that, or if it knows that we have informants placed within al-Qaeda, that it doesn't reveal that. Well, this program had been discussed in public, including by the president himself, for literally years before the Times uh, gave us all of the nitty-gritty details. So terrorists who are moving money around the world certainly know that their money movements are being monitored anyway. Exactly what national security harm has taken place here? The fact that there may be some abstract general awareness that surveillance is a possibility really does not make a difference to criminals in the ordinary course of events. 
mafia dons themselves know that their phones may be wiretapped. They talk on the phone all the time. This program, by the Times' own admission, was absolutely critical to picking up Hambali, who was the mastermind of the Bali 2002 resort bombings. It also helped get a Brooklyn man who was involved in a wire transfer for al-Qaeda that went through a Karachi bank. So the fact is is that terrorists are as sloppy as the rest of us and easily overlook the abstract possibility that they may be surveilled. Well, there is another possibility that the time simply overplayed the story. Well, you had a bipartisan parade of people coming through the Times begging them not to run this story. You have Lee Hamilton of the 9-11 Commission, Thomas Keene of the 9-11 Commission, John Murtha saying that this is in fact something critical to our national security. So again, explain to me why any other covert action is now safe from revelation by the New York Times on the front page. Point taken, Heather, but you know darn well that the New York Times and many other news organizations often have very sensitive information at their disposal that they do not publish for exactly the reason that you're citing. The question is, the New York Times' judgment of overreaching by the government versus the government's reflexive claims of national security. Do you not think that at some point enough skepticism can legitimately build up that would make the uh, a news organization question the government's judgment about what constitutes a genuine breach of national security. Every case has to be judged on its merits. Cash, the flow of money internationally, is the lifeblood of terrorism. Whether there's a, a growing skepticism is frankly irrelevant to the case at hand. I've yet to see the Times make any arguments, nor have you, as to what in this program is overreaching. What the Times did say was that there is a possibility of abuse. That is true for every single government program that exists. That possibility that this program could be abused is not, in my view, ground for ending it or for publishing it on the front page of the New York Times, thereby disabling it. But the power of the press can also be abused, as we've seen, in my view, in the New York Times, and we should have checks and balances, which is public opinion. All right, Heather. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Heather McDonald is a fellow at the Manhattan Institute and a contributing editor to City Journal. Scott Armstrong is the founder of the government watchdog group Information Trust. He says that Bill Keller had no need to apologize for running the Swift story, but the paper did probably overplay it. So the headlines were all wrong. Bank data is sifted by U.S. in secret to block terror. That's the wrong headline. It's not a covert program. The critics claimed that national security was breached and that the war on terror was compromised by the Times and the L.A. Times and the Wall Street Journal. Does that claim have any merit? I don't see any merit at all in it. There are two, maybe three basic ways of transferring money, and you have to go through these gating mechanisms. You know, only a fool who had never cashed a check, who was basically paying their their bills in in gold bullion or something, no one else would think they could escape uh, the scrutiny that this would give. This organization's been around way before 9-11. It has been identified as the principal way of tracking money laundering for drugs, for organized crime, uh, even for the earlier terrorist events prior to 9-11. So the whole notion that it's secret uh, and that this is a big revelation is just absolutely puzzling. All right. So now that said, the administration and many commentators on the political right and members of Congress went absolutely ballistic, you know, as if troop movements and the invasion plans for D-Day had been revealed in advance. Why are they so upset? This is unusually shrill. Uh, This does not reflect any reasonable measure of damage. I just think people are embarrassed that they didn't realize that they're doing it and may even be doing it well. My suspicion is if the government had stayed with their original tact, which is, hey, this was authorized. It was authorized before 9-11, authorized after 9-11. We're doing it in accord with the law. 
Congress knows about it. Everybody knows about it. And they just stuck with that. The Times might have run some story about questions about whether or not it's become too broad or it's become more of a database that's being manipulated rather than just subpoenas of information. It would have run on page 823 on a Tuesday somewhere. Nobody would have noticed it. I was trying to figure out why they gave such prominent display to the story, and it, it seems to me that it has to do with the pattern of behavior by the administration and its war on terror, and that is, you know, consistent overreaching in Guantanamo with with renditions of uh, terror suspects to countries where they are uh, subsequently tortured uh, to the NSA wiretaps. Do you think that had this been an isolated example that the New York Times or any other news organization would have paid much attention at all? Uh, I think it's in the context that people recognize that the watchdogs aren't watching because we know that Congress has not been particularly able to inquire into it or particularly interested in inquiring into it. That's the real news in here is that the government says this is being monitored by an outside auditor. Well, okay, so who is it? Under what strictures? With what standards? You know, they don't have to tell us how to defeat the system, but they have to give the public confidence. And that's the job of journalists. A job of journalists in a, a nation of laws is to understand the law and understand what's outside the law and to understand when the law is getting stretched. And too much of these stories end up being speculative. Some people who don't know much about the program think it might be going too far. They needed to do more reporting and to kind of put us in the perspective of what's important and why it's important. Why is it newsworthy? What should we be watching? Our government can fight a war on terror, but they can do it in a way that doesn't threaten the average citizen. So if this was a case of newspapers just newspapering, why do you suppose that Times executive editor Bill Keller went to such great lengths to explain, defend, in effect apologize for the story almost simultaneous with its publication? I think the Times is particularly sensitive about is this classified? If it were classified, did we do the right thing? People are telling us we shouldn't publish it, but we didn't really think that they were too serious about it. That's a very slippery slope to get on. There does not appear to be classified information in their story. The Times doesn't need to justify itself on those issues. It should be worried about the quality of its journalism. Criticizing the press for this is appropriate if you say they made too much of it, but you should never say that they shouldn't report it. You can question whether that's news, but you shouldn't question about whether it should be suppressed. That would be ludicrous. Scott Armstrong is founder of the government watchdog group Information Trust. today is about me going on vacation and my country turning into China while I was gone. Honestly, this, do I have do I have to stay at work all the time to prevent this from happening? Um, I picked up the paper on Tuesday while I was on vacation, uh, flipped open to read about the Chinese government fining news organizations, fining reporters and media organizations, anybody that reports on things without prior authorization from the Chinese government. You now in China have to get permission from the Chinese government to report on certain news stories or you will face a fine from the government. And then on the very next page of the paper... There's American reporting on this stuff from our own propaganda warriors. It's tough enough to fight the terrorists. We shouldn't have to worry about news organizations revealing important information that makes it more important, makes it more difficult to protect our country. President Bush speaking at a political fundraiser in St. Louis uh, this week for Republican Senator uh, Jim Talent. You know, because there's there's nothing that 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 terrorists love more. The thing that the terrorists really love is a free press. They love the free press. And so we must sacrifice our free press and all of the protections it affords our democracy. We must sacrifice a free press so that the terrorists can't get the thing they uh, so they don't. Um, hmm. 
You know, this whole argument would make a lot more sense if the Bush administration had not been bragging for five years about how well they've done at shutting down and tracking all of the terrorist financing mechanisms that we know about, right? Yeah, clearly they had no idea that any of the bank stuff was being watched. Jim Bunning, a Republican senator from Kentucky, said this week that anybody who reported on this banking record spying story should be tried for treason. J.D. Hayworth, Republican congressman, wants the New York Times reporters uh, to be stripped of their press passes in response to the New York Times reporting on this banking issue. Shockingly, it may come as news to J.D. Hayworth to find out that it is actually not up to Congress to hand out press passes. Yeah, that's China. Uh, Republican Congressman Peter King wants the Justice Department to investigate the New York Times for reporting this story. This is my favorite, though. Denny Hastert. Denny the Refrigerator Hastert. Uh, missing the whole point of a rhyming idiom. Basically, loose lips kill American people. Denny Hastert speaking yesterday. Loose lips kill American people. It's, it's, presumably, he's riffing on loose lips sink ships, maybe? If you're going to say loose lips kill, you know, that no, why, if you, if you don't say the sink ships part of it, nobody knows why you're using the kind of gross phrase loose lips. Lips rhymes with ships. That's where that comes from. And it's even grosser coming from Denny Hastert. It's like he's translated, well, it's like he's translated from the Chinese. Honestly, though. We politically, we know that they are going after the press because it's a very easy political target, right? The press doesn't hit back. It's very easy to beat up on things that don't hit back in politics. And so you get to hit hit the press. And when the press writes nasty things about you, you say, oh, the press is just mad at me because I'm willing to take them on. It's very simple political math. But the problem here is that they're trying to make it look like they're taking some sort of principled stand. There can be no excuse for anyone entrusted with vital intelligence to leak it. Oh, really? And no excuse for any newspaper to print it. Unless it's the president himself admitting to leaking the national intelligence estimate about Iraq to the press, or his senior advisor not getting in trouble for leaking the identity of a CIA operative in order to slime her husband. But other than that, this is a matter of principle. Other than when we do it, it's a matter of principle. The genesis of Watergate, his critics and his supporters agree, was the day Richard Nixon picked up the New York Times and read the first installment of the Pentagon Papers, which detailed all the secret internal correspondence about Vietnam that had flowed through the Department of Defense for decades. President Nixon launched two responses, the plumber's unit that led to the Watergate scandal that destroyed him within 38 months, an attack on the New York Times in and out of court, which the Times won. Moral? Breaking the law eventually catches up with any administration, and beware the times, they have better lawyers than you do. Our fifth story on the countdown, as Clarence Darrow said, history repeats itself, that's one of the problems with history. Another White House has attacked the New York Times, and one of its wingmen in Congress has suggested prosecution. This is about the publication by the Times, among other newspapers, of details of warrant-free, unauthorized administration access to some of the international banking records of Americans. The story was published last Thursday. The president and vice president apparently only got all honked off about it today. We're at war with a bunch of people who want to hurt the United States of America. And for people to leak that program and for a newspaper to publish it does great harm to the United States of America. If you want to figure out what the terrorists are doing, you try to follow their money. And that's exactly what we're doing. And the fact that a newspaper disclosed it makes it harder to win this war on terror. And he was the good cop. The bad one was the vice president at a fundraiser for a local Republican in Grand Island, Nebraska. Mr. Cheney did everything but accuse the Times of treason. The New York Times has now twice, two separate occasions, disclosed programs, both times they had been asked not to publish those stories 
by senior administration officials. They went ahead anyway. The leaks to the New York Times and the publishing of those leaks is very damaging. The ability to intercept al-Qaeda communications and to track their sources of financing are essential if we're going to successfully prosecute the global war on terror. Our capabilities in these areas help explain why we have been so successful in preventing further attacks like 9-11. New York Times has now made it more difficult for us to prevent attacks in the future. What is doubly disturbing for me is that not only uh, have they gone forward with these stories, but they've been rewarded for it. For example, in the case of the terrorist surveillance program, by being awarded the Pulitzer Prize for Outstanding Journalism. I think that is a disgrace. No poll results yet in on what percentage of the citizenry would use the same term to describe the vice president or the administration's scapegoating of a newspaper. Still, neither the president nor the vice president went quite as far as Congressman Peter King, chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, went on Fox News Sunday and accused the New York Times of breaking the law. I'm calling on the Attorney General to begin a criminal investigation and uh, prosecution of the New York Times, its reporters, the editors that worked on this, and the publisher. I believe they violated the Espionage Act, the Comet Act. This is absolutely disgraceful. The time has come for the American people to realize, and the New York Times to realize, we're at war. And they can't be just on their own deciding what to declassify, what to release. The Times responded to criticism even before the president and vice president weighed in. The executive editor Bill Keller explaining in a lengthy letter why the paper decided to publish the banking story, reading in part, the administration case for holding the story had two parts, roughly speaking. First, that the program is good, that it is legal, that there are safeguards against abuse of privacy, and that it has been valuable in deterring and prosecuting terrorists. And second, that exposing this program would put its usefulness at risk. We weighed most heavily the administration's concern that describing this program would endanger it. The central argument we heard from officials at senior levels was that international bankers would stop cooperating, would resist if this program saw the light of day. We don't know what the banking consortium will do, but we found this argument puzzling. First, the bankers provide this information under the authority of a subpoena, which imposes a legal obligation. Second, if, as the administration says, the program is legal, highly effective, and well protected against invasion of privacy, the bankers should have little trouble defending it. Keller also pointing out that the administration argued the same points about the NSA phone tracking program, which is still going strong despite the Times report about it back in December. Is the administration's slightly delayed umbrage at the Times legitimate, and why did it take five days to blossom? I'm joined now by Dana Milbank, MSNBC political analyst, national political reporter for The Washington Post, which appears to be the less evil newspaper for the moment. Hello, Dana. Keith, I was almost late for the show. It's hard to get my leg irons in the elevator. Why the drag time on this? Did Mr. Bush and Mr. Cheney and Mr. King not know about these stories being published in many newspapers until now? Or did they all just realize they were so angry? Or, or is this manufactured <laughs> anger to stir up the base? No, uh, anger to stir up the base is going to be driven by the uh, the flag burning uh, amendment, which the Senate will be uh, debating all this week. Good. Uh, so there were actually uh, various phases in this. The first was to try to convince the Times not to run this at all. Then realizing the Times was running it, there was a scramble to leak it to uh, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, some other newspapers, uh, including uh, belatedly my own. And then the third wave comes now uh, with the anger here. Uh, the, the complication for the administration is they actually do have a stronger case here than they have had in other cases, such as the, uh, the National Security Agency program, uh, the secret uh, uh, prisons uh, in Europe. Uh, the, the record is a bit muddled here, so it's hard because they do make the same arguments uh, whether they have a strong position or not. You may have just answered this, but let me go into it in detail. We have a letter now from Treasury Secretary John Snow to Bill Keller accusing him and the Times of breathtaking arrogance, calling the publication of this irresponsible and harmful to the security of Americans. Why is it just the New York Times? As we pointed out here, the Wall Street Journal published this, L.A. Times published this, Washington Post published this. Why is it the New York Times? Well, they think that the, the Times, uh, it's quite clear in their statements that the Times was the genesis of this story, and it se would seem to indicate that uh, uh, the other publications were tipped off uh, as a result of this, even if they were uh, legitimately sniffing around on their own. Uh, there are also obviously some, some points to score whenever it's the New York Times and indeed sometimes the Washington Post. Is it built into the genes of politicians to assume they can, they can shut off freedom of the press like a light switch? I mean, whatever you think of the argument that publishing the story hurt the nation's defense, is there not a more practical consideration here from John Adams versus the American Aurora to Nixon versus the Times and the Post 
Mm-hmm. Presidents always lose to newspapers. Newspapers are on a 200-year winning streak. Well, except uh, this is a historically very weak time for newspapers and for the media business generally. Uh, And this administration has been extraordinarily successful. Uh, We're looking at this landscape uh, of prosecutions, of uh, the threat to go after newspapers, uh, starting with the the Scooter Libby case, all the way through this broad spectrum of national security cases, common uh, criminal cases, and a lot of uh, press freedoms are being broken down now. That's why this case is difficult. The Times went ahead with the story, even uh, despite the request on national security grounds not to. For example, when the Post published its uh, report on the secret prisons, it removed the names of the countries at the request of the administration. So there's always been uh, some give and take in these issues here. And that's why this one is particularly difficult, since the Times was not necessarily suggesting that it was exposing this program because uh, there was some issue of wrongdoing. So at this time, when we're under great siege, uh, uh, generally, this is going to create quite a complication for the press. Dana, the vitriol about this should not be a surprise. I mean, Representative King sounded like he needed a sedative or a new copy of the Constitution, or maybe both. But but in one specific area, I thought it was kind of surprising. Where was the umbrage and the vitriol about the leakers? The Times did not steal these documents. They were given them by somebody in the government. They've left the leaker out of the equation. If it's a security crisis, doesn't the administration need to go look in the mirror first? They do, and indeed they are in all these other cases. Uh, uh, the large uh, area of the crackdown, a lot of this under the uh, Espionage Act, which uh, uh, ironically, uh, the one King was citing, really hasn't been used at all in the 90 years it's been exi- in, in existence. So uh, don't worry, Keith, they're going after the leakers uh, as well. They're going after uh, the press, but the idea of going after both of them at the same time is having a chilling effect on the various uh, investigations launched by the media. And I know, lastly, we all sound like dilettantes when we talk about freedom of the press. But honestly, if we're going to start prosecuting newspapers for revealing government policy that is at best legally questionable, if we're willing to trade freedom for temporary security, as the old saying goes, in this area, sorry for the cliche here, but haven't the terrorists won something in this? Well, uh, there's a question now, uh, as the the Senate begins four days of debate on do we need to uh, amend the Constitution to uh, prevent uh, flag burning and flag desecration, uh, a lot of people are asking the same question. You know, we we seem to be aligning ourselves with countries uh, such as Iran and such as Cuba that feel the necessity to pass these uh, flag burning amendments. When the terrorists start burning the flags, uh, then we can prosecute them because we'll be able to see them out there burning the flags. Dana Milbank, National Political Reporter, The Washington Post. Since the number one No is the saddest experience you'll ever know Yes, it's the saddest experience you'll ever know First of all, they're talking about the, the leak here, obviously, to the New York Times. That's the setup to it, uh, that the New York Times, you know, ran the story about this, how we're trying to track the, the finances of the terrorists, which we all knew already, of course. And uh, first, Chris Matthews starts out all cordial and towel-snappy, as he usually does with Tom DeLay. <laughs> they're having a good time and smiling and... Tom Tillet's got, if, you, if you're not on the website on theyoungturks.com, I'll just tell you, he's got that Liberace smile going, and everybody's having fun. And then all of a sudden, Chris Matthews takes a turn and starts asking real questions, and things get fun and interesting. Let's roll it. The Yankees in baseball, everybody wants to beat the Yankees. It's not politics. It, it, it isn't politics. This is war. I mean, the American people you don't think Carl understand that we're at war. Carl Rove is behind this and saying, hey, let, hey, put in more fire, shoot him again, keep this going a couple of weeks. Absolutely not. What, this is war. The New York Times has undermined our national security, and there ought to be consequences. It has nothing to do with politics. So you're against leaking? Yes, I'm against All leaking by the Absolutely. administration. So even this uh, thing with the CIA agent should have been leaked. Absolutely not. So guys like Rove shouldn't have been talking to the papers and people like well, Scooter Libby shouldn't have been talking. No, I'm asking I'm you. Not a judge. You said you're I'm against not a judge. You said you're against leaking. Well, you you said something that Carl Rove is not being committed to. No, nobody ever denied it and nobody's did it contested it. It's it's public record it's, that he it's, leaked. It's just you saying that he's guilty. Not I'm not saying it's a crime. I'm saying he leaked. How do you know he leaked? Because it's the public record now that he leaked. <laughs> It doesn't bother you. No. You shouldn't be leaking national security secrets at a time of war is outrageous and shouldn't be done. But not the identity of a CIA agent. We can can spend an hour on that. Valerie Plain was not a CIA agent. 
What was well, she? She was behind a desk over at Langley. But was her classification oh. undercover? Was she deep yes, background? But, but she was not an out-in-the-field CIA agent. That's what the law is all about. That's what the law is about, but it doesn't say that. It just says, okay, we have exceptions here. Let me ask you. Look at Chris Matthews doing his job. Hey, where way to go. Where did they find that guy? Way to go, Tweety. Hey, look, credit where credit is due. I got to tell you. Who thought we'd be saying this? God bless Chris Matthews. Well, it's funny because it's exactly what Ben was talking about earlier this week. Like, he, he put Tom DeLay on the defense where it's like, you know, normally when we were talking about the Cheney interview, you know, these guys get just the staple questions and they're easy and they, you know, they have their talking points and they've answered the same questions over and over. But Tom DeLay literally, like, had to smile, like, lean back and was like, uh, 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 uh. Uh, But Chris, we're buddies. We were snapping yeah, towels earlier. Right. What happened? I mean, I was going to invite you over to the club. What's with these rude questions about how we're dead wrong? Yeah, that <laughs> was great. Uh, two great moments there. Uh, we, Jill's, again, uh, has stumbled on to something that's true accidentally. And it, first, when Tom DeLeg uh, wipes that smirk off his face and leans back saying, ah, why'd you ask me a real question? <laughs> I'm not prepared for a real question. And then the second great moment is when Matthews is like, hey, you know, she's a CIA agent. He says, she says, no. I love this. He says, no, she's not a CIA agent. She just sat behind a desk at Langley. You see, Langley is CIA headquarters. headquarters yeah. <laughs> see, so that would mean that she is, in fact, a CIA agent. It sounded to me like she was a secretary. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I mean, he actually, uh, I would say, Matthews had him, and uh, I will score the last uh, takedown for delay. Yeah. Because he minimized, he successfully minimized, and it was unchallenged, exactly. her role at the CIA. See, you're That's exactly how I felt when the clip ran out. No, uh, Mark's exactly right. Jill is, again, <laughs> tripped over something that happens to be correct. <laughs> okay. Now, you guys are both 100% right. And when I saw it, you know, but what happened is Tweety's having... You know, he's this is a new thing for him, challenging Republicans. So he's got to warm up to it. And at the end there, I think he just felt like, oh, I got to, this is awkward, right? So I got to say, okay, you're kind of right about that and move along to my next thing. But you're right. He was wrong there in to say, oh, well, that you're right. That's the thrust of the law, but the, technically it doesn't say that. No, no, no. The thrust of the law is that you're not supposed to, uh, like, you know, uh, uh, expose an undercover CIA agent, and she, and she is an undercover CIA right. agent. Right, and she wasn't purely at Langley. I mean, that doesn't, I think that that... that That's uh, not, first of all, it's not true. Yeah. And second of all, uh, what, what, does Tom DeLay think that the only undercover agents are the ones that are, like, shooting a gun and going... Right, but the American people feel, well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. In other words, she's not out in the field risking her life and right. really threatened, so, you know, why, what's the big deal? That's what he was doing, and it worked. It worked. MSNBC regular, Melanie Morgan, talking to Greg Sargent. She says, and I quote, The best solution that I can think of to deal with any newspaper editor who is responsible for leaking national security classified information is to be locked in a steel cage with the family members of slain troop members who would happily deliver the ultimate punishment of death and then sent to the hottest corner of hell. This is one of the right-wingers from MSNBC, the network that canceled Bill Donahue, even though he had the highest ratings in the network, because this was just before we went to war in Iraq, because uh, Phil Donahue was saying, eh, maybe we shouldn't go to war in Iraq. You know, uh, MSNBC, of course, in part owned by General Electric, which is uh, doing very well from the war. Thank you very much. 
Here's uh, Melanie in a previous discussion with Chris Matthews about the same issue. Let me ask you, Melanie, do you really mean treason? You mean put them in jail for life. I don't know what treason carries as a sanction, but I assume it's the penalties are incredibly severe, 20 years perhaps. You were saying to put Bill Keller, the editor of the New York Times, and his associates in prison for 20 years. Now, I have to ask, by the way, before you hear this rant, why wasn't she saying this about the Republican administration officials who outed Valerie Plame brought down Brewster Jennings, an ongoing CIA operation that might have involved the death of CIA agents all over the world and eliminated our ability or greatly diminished our ability to find out what terrorists were up to, particularly those in the Middle East. But anyhow, she goes on a rant against the New York Times right here. Absolutely. I absolutely am advocating that. And what has happened is shameful. If he okay. was ultimately the one who was responsible for making the decision well, his call. to publish. Yeah. What about the NSA? Would you do the same in the NSA? Now, this is the NSA spying operation, an illegal operation by the Bush administration that was outed by the New York Times. Uh, Case. The, uh, uh, yes, absolutely. I you would. would have put him in jail for 20 years for that. Yes, I would. Yes, because when you break the law, you break the law. And the, the, the press, the media in this country has got to learn one thing, that they have to operate under the same laws and the same rules and regulations that all the rest of the okay, American we now know. So outing an illegal operation. First of all, she says the press has to operate under the same laws as all the rest of it. Uh, excuse me, Melanie, but there's this thing called the Constitution of the United States. And the first, the first amendment to the Constitution And it was first because the founders of this country, Melanie, who obviously you don't know squat about, the founders of this country felt that it should be first because it was the most important. The First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States says Congress shall pass no laws abridging freedom of the press. No laws. Not a law that uh, because Melanie thought it was a good idea. Not a law because Bush didn't like it. Not a law because the fascists want to take over. Not a law because the Democrats don't like it. No laws. Because the press is the fourth branch of government. It is the fourth estate. It is the the last check on unrestrained governmental power. Something conservatives and liberals are equally concerned about, true conservatives and true liberals. And without that press, without a free and independent press to be a check on that unrestrained power we no longer have a democracy melanie i'm sorry and 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 ignorant people like you going on the air spouting off this oh throw them in prison for 20 years for doing their job kind of stuff is what puts this nation at risk if there is anyone here who should be called a traitor to the ideals on which this country was founded and for which hundreds of thousands millions in fact if you include all the wars that we have fought over the years of, of men and women in this country have died for Melanie. It is you. It is you. I'm sorry. I'm just over it. Melanie Morgan, traitor. Quote me out. Thanks for listening, everybody, and thank you for not writing an unmanageable amount of hate mail for me taking a couple of days off for this holiday weekend. Uh... So much has happened that I need to talk about that I specifically made this short show be the first show of the week so that I would have enough time to talk about everything I need to talk about. Um, yes, I took a little bit of a vacation this weekend from the show, uh, by which I mean I spent all of my free time working on the show, just not producing actual new episodes so, let me go down the list of uh, new and improved features. Uh, first of all, you uh, were already witness to some of the new features. I spent quite a lot of time compiling new uh, new bits of music for the show. I've got a, a slew, to say the least, of new music that's going to be coming up. I mean so much that it'll take a year to even get all of it into the show. Um, but I, I did a lot of editing as, as far as that goes. And uh, good news for you, because this is the number one requested feature from the listeners, I am now going to be putting links to the music that I use uh, on the website for, for each day's show. So, the way it should work is uh, you'll go to the website, 
and uh, hang on just a second. I know the website's broken, but I'll get to that in a minute. You'll go to the website, find whatever show you're looking for, and then in the show notes, not only will the uh, the names of the artists and the songs be listed, but they will also actually be links directly to the iTunes Music Store. And if you click those links to go to the store and uh, and actually purchase some of that music, then I get a little bit of a cut of that. So uh, I'm a, a little excited about that, not because I think I'm going to get rich, but because I have found... Uh, Well, I guess one of the least offensive ways to try to make money off of a show like this is, um, is, is to do it this way. So that's, uh, that's the path I'm taking for the moment. Um, the website, as mentioned by some of you, is down in a sense. And the reason why the, uh, the address bestoftheleftpodcast.com does not work at the moment is is ridiculous and I'm very irritated about it and I'm working on getting that fixed but in the meantime the best of the left podcast.com does work and it goes directly to the website um, it's it's I'm I'm not gonna go into it but I'm extremely irritated that that is the case um, I've owned the website thebestoftheleftpodcast.com for a long time just uh, just for those of you who you know might just type it in wrongly and it, it just goes to the same place but the fact that my old one doesn't work anymore is uh, is very irritating but it does have to do although I'm not going to go into the details it has to do with the fact that I have redesigned my website as I said I would uh, a week or so ago so you go, it's, uh, it's much easier to navigate around, and um, I, I mean, I can't imagine more than about three of you actually noticed this, but a couple of months ago, I, uh, I switched, sur- believe me, this is going under the hood of the show, like to the point that um, most of you are tuning away right now or, um, or taking a moment to nap, but... Uh, a couple of months ago, I switched to a new server uh, to to house all of my show's files. And when I did that, I began uh, completely neglecting my actual website. Uh, so the the show notes for each of the shows have not been updated in a very long time. And I'm getting on that. Um, the music, as I said, will be in the show notes from now on. That will not be a retroactive thing so if you go look up old shows I'm not putting uh, the music on there because that's just way too much work I don't even I don't even like to think about it but uh, but that will be uh, in in the future the uh, the website it looks nice I mean it looks very similar but it, it looks a little bit nicer than it did I have added although uh, not requested by anyone, so I have no idea if any of you are interested at all, but I've, I've added a page to the site um, that's it's essentially about me, and uh, so you can check that out. The link is up at the top of the page. It says a profile, hippie sympathizer, or something to that effect. I don't, I don't even remember, but uh, there's, you know, fun stuff, and it's just about me and it has my links to my favorite shows some of which I've mentioned on on the podcast before uh, a few of my favorite links to blogs things like that now the most important thing on the new website which it's only a temporary feature but I'm just getting around to it now is uh, now listen carefully as I do not ask you to go vote at Podcast Alley for me this month. Uh, You know, if you want to, feel free, but I couldn't care less if you do, because I would prefer that you redirect all of that Podcast Alley voting energy towards uh, the podcast awards. Uh, I didn't intend for that sentence to rhyme. I apologize. Uh, It was brought to my attention by my good friends over at the Catalog of Ships podcast, which I've mentioned on the show before. 
Uh, if you'd like to hear me talk about how much I love their show, they posted a link to me talking on my show about their show on their blog. Uh, feel free to rewind and replay that sentence so that you can make sense of it. Um, but I've talked about their show before. Many of you uh, know it and love it because you went and checked it out after hearing me talk about it. So they brought to my attention that the podcast awards are going on right now. And so I've posted links and, uh, and just a, a brief explanation of what's going on right smack in the middle of my homepage. And, uh, you know, a link to the awards nominations page, uh, the, the whole deal. It's very simple. And the way it works is you can nominate a show um, every 24 hours up until, I believe, July 15th. So that's only 10 days away. So for those of you who, you know, listen to the show live, you know, so you're actually getting this information in a timely manner. If you really love the show, you really want to help out, you know, it's only 10 days. You can vote every day. And it would be tremendously uh, appreciated because, you know, I uh, I try to do a good show. So, uh, and I know that a lot of you really like it based on the notes I get. So, um, so maybe you'd be interested in nominating me for an award in the politics category of of the podcast awards. And also, I don't want to forget. I actually I brought up the catalog of ships for more than just to explain how I heard about them, but they themselves are looking to be nominated as well. So if you don't know the show, go check it out, catalogofships.com. If you already know and love the show, please consider um, nominating them as, as well. They have posted information on their on, on the home, homepage of their website, so you can go check that out and, and see the categories they're looking to be no nominated in. And, uh, you know, it'll just be a, 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 a giant uh, love fest for, for all of us, and it'll be fantastic. Finally, one last note. Uh, I, I did take a couple of days off this week, and I didn't warn you about that uh, because I wasn't actually sure that I was going to do it or not. Uh, as it turned out, I did. But, um, so I will take this moment or this opportunity to warn you well in advance that the week uh, of the Monday of July 24th and the following week, I do not plan on doing any episodes that week um, I because I have my, you know, I have a week off from my actual job. And so I'm figuring I'll go ahead and take the week off from the show as well. Uh, of course, the fact is that I'm obsessed with this show, so I will almost certainly be doing lots and lots of behind-the-scenes work, just as I did over this past weekend. And, uh, you know, so I, no rest for the wicked, as it were, but just plan on there not being any shows those days. Um, Actually, I'm I'm kind of toying with the idea of, of just reposting some old shows, because I've got a lot of shows. I know that there's no way that 99% of you go back and listen to the archives at all, because it's just it's too much to get through. So maybe I'll do like a best of week that week. And uh, so I'll, I'll put a couple of thoughts behind that. If, if you have any thoughts on that, let me know. Uh, if you like the idea, maybe you have some suggestions for shows you'd like to repost um kind of i mean the idea is that uh, you know i would do some old shows because my audience is uh ever growing so all the new listeners don't know all the old stuff so if so if you're an old listener and you have some suggestions for uh some best of episodes you can drop me a line on that of course of course i know i said that was the last thing of course i forgot there is one last thing and this is something i will mention uh, probably only once because it makes me very uncomfortable to talk about it. But uh, if the only thing that was preventing you from donating to my show out of the goodness of your heart was the fact that for whatever reason you hate PayPal, that problem has been fixed. Uh, I 
personally was not aware that there were any such people who were uh, who held anti-PayPal uh, ideologies, but it was brought to my attention a while ago that apparently there are people like that, and that the preferred method of payment for such uh, people is the Amazon.com uh, honor system uh, payment system. So I now have one of those accounts. The links are right on the homepage. It's pretty clear. And uh, I'm not going to be begging for for donations, but uh, trust me, they are, you know, they're definitely appreciated. So I just wanted to let you know about that. So finally, last just overview reminder of what's going on. Visit me at thebestoftheleftpodcast.com. Uh, I promise that will not be a permanent uh, address change, but uh, I just, there I I've got to fight with some people about getting that fixed. Uh, go there, nominate me for uh, the podcast awards. That would be fantastic. Visit my about me page. There's a adorable picture of me and a little baby that you'll, you know, all the girls will ooh and ah over it. As always, you can leave me your questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for best of episodes at hippiesympathizer at gmail.com. You can find the link to that uh, email address on the website as well. And just as an aside, actually, I'm realizing that I may have just uh, dashed the hopes of many of you out there for for all of the lovely ladies in the audience who just felt their hearts break ever so slightly. You can dry your eyes. The baby in question, although she is real and her name is Ava, does not actually belong to me. So you, you've still got a fighting chance if, uh, if that's what you were going for. You know, the, the people over at um, the Progressive Podcast Network at newmediarevolution.org have been teasing me recently, uh, suggesting that we try to promote our, our network by setting up a, um, like a dating site, uh, single liberal podcasters of the network sort of thing. And, uh, you know, maybe not such a bad idea. Who knows, who knows all the benefits that doing this show will one day afford me. Uh, I've certainly got, you know, big plans to, uh, to whore out this show as much as possible to further my own uh, selfish agenda, as it were. It just so happens that all of my uh, selfish agenda items are for the, uh, for the betterment of the, the planet as I see it. So, not so evil as it may sound. Anyways, Jesus, on, on that last final note, uh, more than enough for one day. I will sign off on that. Have a good one, everybody. The anti-Bush press makes terrorists... Their interests are not your interests. Their truth is not your truth. The corporations have their media. Now we have ours. The Progressive Podcast Network. Now we are the media. Listen to your media. Take your country back. Go to newmediarevolution.org. The Progressive Podcast Network. NewMediaRevolution.org. NewMediaRevolution.org.